Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Event Tech Podcast. That man over there is the bustling Brant Kruger of IDCOM. And that gentleman over there is the foamy Will Curran of Endless Events. And foamy. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like it. Bustling foamy. and foamy. Like, yeah. like we got our shots of espresso and we're ready to rock. I think we're pretty fired up for uh, I figured. This you, I thought episode. you were talking about your DJ days, you know, oh. like getting, getting the old oh, the, foam blaster going. The foam parties. You know, I never party. did a foam party. I did a paint party once, but not a foam party. Um, yeah, I've heard some weird things about foam I can't, parties. I don't even want to know. I <laughs> <laughs> What happens at the foam party, the party stays at the foam party. Definitely stays at the foam party for sure. Um, <laughs> well, I'm 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 stoked in espresso fired up, DJed, foam partied up uh, for this week's episode. Uh, we realized we never like done a dedicated episode talking about this topic, but it is something definitely within the events industry that's existed for a long period of time, and also is very controversial sometimes within the AV production world as well. Um, so so Brand, I, I figured we could talk about per diem. Everybody's Ideas. favorite thing to not pay for, but then everybody's favorite <laughs> thing to argue over. Right. Um, so, and, you, it's, and yet it's also something everybody likes to get. So, yes, you know, it it's, a, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a win win, no, lose win, win, lose win, lose win, win, lose win. Yes. One of those. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, it's something we've, we've, yeah, we've touched on tangentially, like from time to time, totally. as we've, we've talked about overtime, we've talked about, you know, keeping crews happy and things like that. And yeah, we haven't really talked about the, the, the deep ins and outs of for DM, which definitely seems to be coming up more and more in my world lately, <laughs> um, as we return to in-person events. And it's, uh, as we've moved into becoming like an event management company, we've started to move a little bit away from it and having to worry about it as much. Um, so I, I definitely now can come from the historical aspect and be critical of it uh, without uh, being worried about my own uh, self-interest in some ways. Um, so um, so for anyone who doesn't, like maybe someone who's from the event tech world and never has heard of a per diem or what it is because they mainly deal with software or whatever it is, Brant, what, what would you define as like a per diem and what exactly is it um, on there? And then maybe we'll go into the why does it exist? Yeah, well, it's from the Latin. Uh, no, <laughs> So yeah, it's it's a day it's a day charge per day, you know, per diem, and it's basically it's daily money for meals and incidentals. Um, it's it's something that's uh, here in the U.S. There's actually government rates that are set up that are based on where you are in the country, um, and so it depends on whether or not you're paying for your own hotel room. Mm -hmm. It was initially created for government employees that you know if they're traveling, this is what you get for meals and incidentals versus hotel versus things like that. And it's meant to cover just, you know, a simple breakfast, you know, not a massive thing, you know, uh, a, an average lunch, like a Sammy and some chips, nothing met, nothing again, nothing crazy. And then, you know, a dinner based on the average rates for, you know, a medium restaurant, not high end, not low end. Um, and so it's meant to cover all of, all of those things. And, the way that it has been traditionally used in audiovisual is that in addition to your day rate, when you are traveling, you would get the per diem for the location you were traveling to. And so you would go mm -hmm. and you would look it up on the government calculator and it would say, you know, for Phoenix, Arizona, it's 64 bucks a day, which 
might actually be uh, somewhere yeah, right around yeah, there. Uh, it's certainly pretty close. Like and um, so then, as as uh, as an AV uh, you know position person, I'm the A1 on a show. I would charge my day rate, and then for every day that I was there, I could charge. $65 a day to cover meals and incidentals. That's kind of what it's generally there for. And if you go to the actual like IRS government website and look at per diem, not only will they have that for basically every city, every metropolitan area, but it even breaks down like how much of that $65 is theoretically for breakfast, for lunch, and for dinner as you go mm-hmm. along. And then again, it also has will have you know average hotel rates if you're paying for your own hotel. I, so I think the important things to know about per diem are that it's related to travel. So it should be what, you know, like, for example, I think we did it where it was like more, if you were more than 100 miles outside of Phoenix when we were mainly doing Arizona shows, um, because like, you know, we if we we're in Tucson, which is a city two hours away from Phoenix, like that counted as travel. Right. Um, and so I think that's important. And then the other is that it's primarily designed for meals um, on there. And that's where a lot of, I think the negotiation kind of comes in, which we'll talk about is uh, related to the meal aspect of per diems um, on there. Um, and, you know, I think it's a, uh, it's really, really interesting to see too, because like, I think the third thing that's really important to talk about is that it can differ sometimes based on city. So this is important because like, as we all know, like cities like New York City, more expensive to eat out or go get food at compared to a, you know, a, probably a Phoenix. We'll just use Phoenix as an example, right? So there are differing levels. But what I've noticed with um, most, I mean, I have you seen it with different companies where they char- they actually adjust the rate based on the city? Like we kind of chose an average and just always use the same thing for no matter what city that we're in. And it was usually on the high average. So we always made sure we were covered on there too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we would use that for estimation purposes in, you know, and, uh, you know, this is an ongoing discussion as well. I mean, we're, we're currently discussing it internally, you know, how, how we want to handle it. But, you know, as up, up until now, uh, the way that we'd handled it was we would use kind of an average price uh, for estimating what the per diem was, mm-hmm. and then, you know, update that with the actual correct information when the real, you know, when the real bill goes out, um, based on the location and how many days it was and that kind of stuff. So I think where most people uh, get kind of frustrated as you start to think about how this uh, affects your budget is that, let's say, for example, we're just going to use like $65 to understand, $65, $75 or so to understand, is that it's per day. So that means that if you have a three-day show, it's at least three days, but I'm going to add on something. If the person's traveling in, it sometimes also adds in the day before and the day after the travel days because they still need to eat while they're at the airport or whatever it may be. So uh, a lot of companies will then charge, you know, if you have a three-day event, it's really five days of per diem. And you take that and you have a crew size of 10 people, you're taking $65 times five times 10 now it's a pretty Adds significant, fast. that's thousands of dollars pretty, really quickly um, on a budget. And for a lot of people, I think they see per diem and they think to themselves, well, my show's not getting any better. I'm not getting like a thousand dollars worth of lights or a thousand dollars worth of audio. Um, you know, that might be a whole position, like uh, another tech that would have made the show run smoother. So for a lot of, I see why a lot of clients sometimes can see like, this can be a lot of money really, really quickly. This is definitely one of those issues that I can see all sides of like there's 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 yeah. there's many ways to look at it and they're all they're all right right they're all <laughs> they're all correct um you know one to to your point yes you know sometimes sometimes people will not charge for travel days sometimes people will do half per diem for travel days oh, sometimes yeah. we'll say well you're on the road 
here's a full day, right? And yeah. so it, it really that that's going to be more on a company by company basis. Um, there's no like set way to do that. So some companies will do, uh, yeah, a full day, you know, per diem for the travel day. Some will do half. Some will do none. That's such a good point. I I think one of the things to think about too is that like the the why this exists too, right? Like, so now you kind of understand like some dynamics and what, like how the cost kind of can get incurred and how it can add up really quickly. But a lot of people, I think, uh, let's say from the planner's perspective, don't understand why this exactly exists. And the reason why it exists is that, you know, in theory, especially if you're traveling, the person's not going to have time to go to the grocery store, make a really inexpensive meal, cook it together, all this thing like that. No, don't have time. And also usually like, you know, they, they don't have the the space to do it, right? Like your hotel room doesn't have a kitchen. The venue doesn't have a kitchen. But, you know, when you're at home working or you're even local as well, you have the options to potentially bring a lunch from home or whatever it may be. So Leftovers. the idea- Yeah, exactly, exactly. So so a lot of ways this per diem's primarily covered. So the crew during their one hour break that they get to leave- their one hour walkway, which I think we've talked about breaks a lot on this show before. So feel free to link to an AV audit or somewhere where we've talked about that before. Um, but the idea is like for that one hour break, they have the opportunity to go to a, lo- a nearby restaurant across the street or whatever it is to then go get food as a crew and then come back and work without having to spend out of their pocket, maybe a hundred dollars a day in total food to do that. Yeah, and and that's exactly where this idea comes from. Again, yeah, you're 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 you know, if I have a day rate and I'm working a local show here in town, I can bring my own snacks, I can bring my own lunch, I can bring, you know, all that kind of stuff. But by the very nature of being out of town, that's no longer on the table. And so I am going to have to spend money, uh, whether that's at the, you know, the Starbucks downstairs or, you know, uh, you know, even even if you just run to the grocery store to pick up some snacks and things like that, you're still spending money that you wouldn't normally spend um, to cover the fact that you're out of town. That's where this idea comes from. Um where it starts to get sticky, if we want to start going down these <laughs> yeah, roads, yeah, yeah. is good. is is then okay. So we've just, we've determined we're going to be out of town. It's going to be three days. You're getting sixty five bucks a day. Then there's very much a mentality among a lot of the you know freelance people is well then I'm going to play the per diem game, which is spend oh, yeah. as little as possible so that you pocket the rest. Um, so, you know, rather than going down to the Starbucks every morning and getting a coffee, you, you know, bring your own French press and you, you know, get your, you know, you know, your little pods or whatever to be able to do your own coffee. And then instead of grabbing lunch at the, you know, the, the resort restaurant for a stupid amount of money, um, you, you know, try to make a run to Sam's Club and, you know, pick up a bunch of bread and snacks and things like that. And so people would really play the per diem game. I heard it, I've heard it referred to as the per diem game, where you're trying to maximize the amount of money that you pocket, which is not the intent of what that is supposed <laughs> to be for. It is not meant to be a bonus. It's not meant to be, um, uh, you know, additional pay. It's meant to cover your meals and incidentals. And so that's where already, you know, as a planner, if you start hearing about something like that, it starts to put a bad taste in your mouth mm-hmm. of like, well, I'm paying all this money and you're just pocketing it as extra pay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting too, is that like, 
yeah, like it, it's funny. It reminds me a lot of like the fire movement, like financial independence, retirement. Like, oh, I'm gonna just like game the system to save as much money as possible so I can, you know, you maximize it. Which, like, in I think some ways that can can be positive, but like you said, it's not the point of it. The point is to make it so you're as comfortable as possible, and that's what one reason why like I love per diems is that like, hey, you don't have to worry about. Go, to go getting a Starbucks on your break or, um, hey, like we're all going to go to din- lunch and yeah, it might be a little bit more expensive because we're close to the convention center and they decided that their hot dog is $20 rather than, you know, seven or whatever it may be. It helps you feel a little bit more comfortable on it. But what's interesting too, and from the business design standpoint too, is it's also issued sometimes differently. And so like I've been running, you know, this company for like 16 years now at this point. So like I've, we tried, we've tried it all. So we've done the, Hey, here's your $65 a day in cash. So you can spend it, right? Uh, we've done it as, hey, we're going to give you a gift card so you can go spend it. And then you can just decide what you want to do with the gift card later. Um, we've done it as, hey, this is uh, on your paycheck after the event. Um, so it covers your expenses after. Or, you know, I've also then gotten feedback that, oh, hey, we need this money ahead of time because I don't want to be spending $65 a day of food. So I need it ahead of time. So having to run pay extra payrolls ahead of time with the per diems. And then don't even get me started with like the cost headache of like the person cancels last minute. Now you got to like, oh, well, you have like $300 that for not necessarily working the show. But that's a that's a whole other chaos of it all. But we've seen we've seen it all um, where we kind of ended up settling on is that and sometimes this actually frustrated some people when we were in, primarily an AV company is that we settled on we gave everybody company credit cards that had limits of 60 to five dollars per day. So oh, they wow. could okay. so they could go and spend it easily. It meant that we didn't have to like go through this system of like running payroll ahead of time, but it meant that it was being used for the purpose of what it was being used for. Yes. As a business design standpoint, little pro, pro tip is that if you didn't spend the money, we saved the money as the company, which sometimes I think frustrated some people who wanted to play the per diem game. They wanted the per diem game, yeah. But it was good for us because it meant the whole point of the per diem was like, go get food. If you want to maximize that money, just spend it on food, you know? Um, so that was uh, where we ended up kind of landing at when it came to to, to it all. But, um, you know, I think that a lot of it just has to do – yeah, like you now you're starting to get into why – I bet if people are listening, they're thinking about the planner versus the company. But now you're talking about the company versus the, the employee too. So it's like – this is like a three-way triangle battle basically. And that's what I mean. It's, it's like there's so many ways to look at it and everybody's right. You know, so the yeah. next the next turn on that is – and it's this is the response that you get from freelancers is – that $65 a day almost never covers. Like if you actually yes. went out and, you know, had an okay breakfast, you know, just a coffee and a bagel from the Starbucks at the resort, and then you went to the resort, you know, maybe there's not something within walking distance, which That's there true. frequently isn't, you know. Yeah. I, I was given a one-hour one walk away. <laughs> yeah, a one-hour walk away at a, at, an, at a convention center that literally had nothing open at the convention center oh itself. God. Because uh, it was like a Sunday, and there was nothing within a mile's walk of this oh, place wow. that was open. And it's like, well, great, you gave me a one-hour walk away, and I think I even had per diem. I don't even remember, but it's like, <laughs> but there was nowhere to go. You know, it's like there yeah, was yeah. there was nowhere to go. Um, and then, uh, you know, back to that previous point again, just you know, frequently with the with the increase in expenses as far as hotel restaurants and just what you can get to within within an hour and back, you know, get to order, eat, and then get back within an hour is really, really difficult. So again, just another side of, you know, again, the pushback from the freelancers is, well, that $65 doesn't even cover it. 
you know, so, you know, here we are arguing about cutting it and what you had wasn't covering it anyway. That's such a good point. Well, it's it's interesting too because like we're probably also you know like this is being you know this is all timeless conversations ninety nine percent of the time. But we are recording this in twenty twenty three, which is a high inflationary environment, and mm-hmm. I'm sure for a lot of people too, like they're basing this off of the government side. The government side has been updated based on rising costs, especially food and things like that too. But you know, I would hope then at that point the employees are saying, hey, like are having a conversation with the management, being like, hey, this is not really covering it. I've been going three shows in a row at three different cities, and I this per diem is not covering all my costs, you know, we need to raise the the average and then ideally then the company is then turning around and finding a way to cover that cost through the client or profit somewhere else or whatever it may be as well. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen that too. Like sometimes, yeah, you get, you absolutely get hosed when it comes to the it per diem side close, of things yeah. too. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely really, really rough um, on there too. So, and, and you know, one thing, one thing too is like, we haven't even thought about like mileage too. Like this, this is also a part of the conversation too. Like if a person has to drive to the show, like where do they put their limits on how far they're willing to drive and everything like that too. So, but that's a, that's, know, a, that, that's a whole other kettle, <laughs> another rabbit hole. kettle of fish, barrel of worms. Uh, you know, so, yeah, exactly. You so, know, the, the next, I don't know if you were, you wanted to go next, but the no, next, you go the next for it. angle uh, then I think comes from the planner side of, you know, what I've always said in my classes and things like that is that I hate one hour walkaways. I hate it from when I was a freelancer. I hate it as a technical producer. And now I hate it as as a production manager (laughs) because you lose the people, right? And inevitably what happens when you do a one-hour walk away is the energy level drops. People come back late. You know, well, I just, you know, that's how long it took. You know, it took me a bit to get to walk like we were just talking about. You know, it takes a second to walk there, order, get your food, eat it, get out the door and get back. So people come back late. And then inevitably what happens is, you know, halfway through that one hour break, an executive comes walking in and says, I just need to make these two quick changes to my PowerPoint. Well, they're not here right now. They're all on break. Such an awkward conversation. They're all on break. They're all on break right now. Well, when are they coming back at one? Well, that's when our next session starts in the breakouts. So I can't fix my thing now, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I've always been a proponent of try to keep people there on site, you know, so feed your crew. So before you go, Uh, go really quickly into that, just to clarify for everybody there's two different break systems typically within uh when you're working event staff there's the you walk you you give them an hour and they get to walk away and they go take care of their own food and all those things like that the other option is you can give them a third make them be there for 30 minutes and can shorten that break but it is required that you feed them um, Mm -hmm. which is what brant's about to go into yeah yeah, and so you, you know, it's 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 usually pretty easy. You throw on, you know, the attendees are already having lunch. Can you throw on, you know, 10 more lunches? We'll take it in the back or, you know, we'll take it in an unused ballroom or something like that. And then, yeah, you're reducing the amount of time. You're not losing people to, you know, to go off someplace else. Um, at, at best, you know, they're going to run up to their room real quick and come back down again. And so now, but that, so that is great from a technical standpoint, from a yeah. keeping people keeps the in energy high. There, they're all the sticking together. Yep. It builds morale. Yep. It's team you know. building. It makes you, especially if it's nice food, like good yeah. catered meals, like the same as what the attendees get. It makes them feel more like they're part of the team. Um, you know, it's just it's the right thing to do on so many levels. But <laughs> now, right? So now, though, what yep. what 
and this is again, these are eternal discussions. This is nothing, not a new discussion. You know, it's just something that crops up every now and then. Now, then you've got a client that looks at it and goes, well, okay, I'm paying 80 bucks a day per head to add people to our meals mm-hmm. um, that are having the same great meals as we're having our attendees, whether it's a buffet or, you know, a sit down dinner or any of those kinds of things. Why then am I also paying $65 a day for meals and incidentals for per diem? And that's again Ooh. where now we're looking at it from another lens and another angle. It's like, well, that's not wrong either. Right, yes. That's a legitimate question to ask is, well, if I'm providing all of the meals for your crew, why then do I also have to pay per diem over the top of that? So I definitely want to dive deep into this and some strategies that you can have around this. But before we do that, um, I got to enter my soapbox for like my 2023, <laughs> like crush the box. Like, here, let me, let me get the box over here for you. Let me yeah. scrape that over here. Okay, okay, ready? And here, here's it's, your soapbox, sir. It's funny. It's like yours. I always talk about like uh, like a crush the box the idea, like take, don't think outside the box, take the box and crush it. And I realize that most of the time I'm doing that. I'm also, those ideas I'm sharing, I'm also on soapbox. So maybe I need to start calling this like crush the soapbox as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the tip that I have for people when it comes to thinking about this stuff is like, I'm a big proponent this year of like reducing catering budgets. Like we spend so much money as planners on catering and we end up just kind of like you know thinking to ourselves yeah we have to have the catering there but in reality like why don't we send our attendees off to go get the food give them longer breaks all that fun stuff if you ever want to hear that rant i'm pretty sure i've talked about it on event brew and a bunch of other places but the idea is like i think we spend so much freaking money on catering i i'm actually like per diems in these meals start to make sense like yeah if it's 80 dollars for me to add per person for one meal or even if it's 30 40 dollars maybe yeah, i need me start moving to us per per diems but to brand to, to brand's point to transition back to what brand's bringing up it really sucks even more if you're also paying per diem on top of there um so one thing that we would do as a company is we tell our clients and again this depends on the company because some technicians whether they're getting fed or not expect the per diem right again like this is a long established rule within like event roles within the company especially for freelancers right so when it comes to this like I would say, though, if you can build the culture of your company, it's like, you know, to tell, talk to the player and be like, hey, if you feed us for all three meals and, you know, you're going to have a coffee bar in the ve- in the venue all n- day long when we're setting up and running and things like that, I can get rid of the per diem, you know? But again, it depends on the culture. Like at Endless at the time when we were an AV company, we were very non-traditional. So it took us a lot of time times harder to find technicians because they had to be open this idea of having a little bit of flexibility beyond the typical freelance rules that were existing. Not necessarily good or bad. Again, it's a a different way to look at it. Um, But I think one of the things when it comes to it is just like, you know, you do have to think about these things when you're designing how it's all going in. And I'm sure for any technicians out there, they don't realize like how expensive sometimes the catering is and then realizing, oh, now it's thousands of dollars on top of that budget that again, could have paid for another role, paid for a piece of equipment, a million different things. Yeah, there. yeah, it really is. And, and, and you know, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I really can see all sides of this thing. Yeah, and I think, part, I think part of the issue is that there's just always going to be exceptions to the rule. And so, yes. you know, if if you want to keep it, you know, I don't want to provide meals. I'm just going to provide the per diem. Okay, great. You need to think through, like what you just said, is like you need to actually just think through what that strategy is going to be. Where are we? What's the venue? Is there anything with? Is there anything within walking distance 
of this. And what's menu. the di- then? You let's know? talk about this. What's the schedule like too? You mentioned right. this really important thing that sometimes a one hour walk away means that we're going to completely be there from the second one session ends to the start of the next session. And I sometimes talk through schedules and uh, shouts to Andrew Latimer all day long because like I think we got in this mindset hardcore is that like we were always looking at the schedule and be like, yeah, I, I just don't think that's really wise. They're like. We, we've talked to them. They seem, you know, shout out to all our players out there. I love you guys, but some of you are really needy. And, you know, like <laughs> you go, I think you're really needy. I think that you're going to surprise us with the rehearsal last minute and all these things like that. And sometimes we'll talk to them and be like, hey, I know you guys are doing catering. I know you guys are doing a staff lunch. and like that. I think it would be smart for us to do a 30-minute. Would you mind feeding us um, right. instead and having those conversations? But the problem is like from a business standpoint, you don't – that takes so much care, so much pre-thought that like sometimes it also gets missed. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's definitely – man, it's like a – your point of it all depends and it's a strategic conversation. Yeah. You need to – you, you either need to come up with a policy that lets you do it all the time. Like, like this is the policy. It'll always work all the time yeah. for every possible situation, or you need to take it situation by situation. I mean, which is just much more realistic. Like the all the time version that I can think of is regardless of whether or not you, meals are being provided, you still pay per diem. Like that's the yeah, all the time I think that, that's where we kind of like ended up landing yeah. at as we started scaling up as a company and getting higher and if, clients. If a client doesn't want to do that, um, I think I think as as the AV provider, um, there's still a good case to be made for paying it anyway out of your own profit margin or something like that. Yeah. Now, as we talked about, that can add up really fast, and yeah. suddenly it's thousands of dollars. Um, I kind of look at it like credit card fees. You know, as as you know, in my business, when I was on my own, I didn't ever charge a client credit card fees because to me, I just looked at it as the cost of doing business that that I would be paying three percent. Um, for the benefit of a client being able to pay via credit card. Yeah. And what that meant to me is I would get paid sooner, you know, it, you yeah. know, rather than waiting for a check or st- for 60 days or 90 days to get a check, <laughs> I would pay that 3% basically to get my money faster. Um, this is for me kind of in that same bucket of like, that's just the cost of doing business. Like, like I would keep that as part of my estimate for staff mm-hmm. and if they provide the meals, which we would strongly encourage, again, I'm speaking on behalf of myself. This is not IDCOM. This is like me. I'm just talking about me, um, my my opinions on it, that that I would bury it, you know, or just it's just yeah. the cost of doing business or it's yeah. part of the labor costs. You know, that would be the easiest thing is just put it as part of your labor costs. Yeah. Um, and that way you never have to think about it. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like I'm a huge fan of never having to think about stuff. Yeah, totally. And There's so I love policies that allow me to never have to think about it. Right. And so like if I had my druthers and it was my company and I was doing it all my way, blah, 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 that's probably how I would handle it. If a client like was like, hey – we're not going to do provide all of your meals and also per diem, then I'd say, okay, great. Don't worry about it. And yeah. I would just make sure that that's built in to the cost of my crew. Um, and I would still give it to them anyway. And then I see that then as a benefit. So I want to attract the best talent. I want to attract the best freelancers. If they go, hey, Brant's going to make sure I get fed and get my per diem, I want to work for him. Yep. Like that's, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but again... 
I see all sides of it. You know, yeah. then, you know, as a company owner, then you have to look at that and go, well, is that, am I just wasting money? Why am I wasting that money? You know, if I don't need to pay them and they're getting all of their meals paid for, why do I have to give them this, you know, per diem cash? So yeah. it's, it's another, it comes back around again to somebody feeling like they're wasting money or not getting enough money or paying too much money. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good point. Cause like, I mean, that's what you realize too, as you start to run a company uh, and you start to like attract higher end clients and you need higher quality labor is the ones that get attracted to work with you that want to do multiple shows or go full time with you are the ones that like it's just hands off like I know I'm getting taken care of I know that I'm gonna get per diem I know I'm gonna be fed I'm gonna be put in a nice hotel they're not gonna skim but like it's also hard you know I see a lot of smaller companies which sometimes also planners then are attracted to smaller companies because they have lower prices um, that are like you know oh we're gonna like yeah we had to hack the rules and you know try all these different things and things like that um, but it's again yeah really really hard I think one of the things that like culturally as an events industry you know hurts us in a lot is you brought up this idea that like a lot of times it's because we line item everything. Everybody wants every as much detail as possible. You know, we want, uh, yeah, sometimes AV quotes are really well broken down into like individual pieces of equipment. And that can be good and bad. But it also leads sometimes that people see per diem, line item, $65 per day, times three days, times 10 people, mm-hmm. $4,000 or whatever uh, that math is. Someone can shoot us an email and let us know how much ever that, ma- that math is. But the 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 problem is that like in reality our quotes need to be looking more like like you said like here's my all in staff cost and that's ultimately where we found success a lot of ways was just saying like we re- b- bundled it all together with travel because we're like you know like we don't want you fighting us on per diem we don't want you fighting us on flights and like you know we I think we also knew that like our travel costs we'd include our hotel costs and we said but we'd then say at the last minute be like hey if you want to save three thousand dollars you can just put us on your room block and you guys can figure that cost directly on there and you maybe save a lot of money and we'll help fill your room block but you know it's one of these things where I think like. It's also one of these things where we try to nickel and dime and save every last dollar that we can when in reality, you know, that's not necessarily the best because definitely per diem, like, I mean, I just think about now reflecting back on it. When you think about it, you're like, I'm just paying for food. Like, what extra value am I really getting out of this? Like I was saying at the beginning, but in reality, the peace of mind that your techs and your your freelancers and your exhibit staff or whoever the heck it's going to be know that they can just get the food they want and it's just another day to them rather than trying to hack the system or play the game makes it so then they get to really feel comfortable. And I think that's where, you know, to to quote um, uh, the idea of like motivations, I'm totally, Dan, Dan, Daniel Pink. Daniel Pink talks about it in his motivation book. He says like, the thing with money is that you want to take the mon- money, the issue of money off the table so they can just think about bigger things. I think it's that way with per diems. Like we got to take the issue of where, where am I getting my next meal? The bottom of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We need to get rid of that issue (laughs) so I can focus on (laughs) self-actualization. Now, another way of doing it. So I I gave you the kind of the easy button, right? There's the easy button way to do it. And then now the, but the more, what I would say, probably the more transparent way to do it, Mm -hmm. um, which involves a little bit more thought. um, And is, is, um, uh, basically, if you start with, as I mentioned at the top, this per diem is actually broken down by like, what is lunch? What is breakfast? What is dinner kind of mm-hmm. thing? There's a percentage thing. And so um, a more transparent way to do it might be to have basically a spreadsheet and you've got all of your staff and there's lunch and there's dinner and there's breakfast and you know all that kind of stuff is in there. And then any meals that are provided, you basically uncheck those. 
and say, okay, and then so those like come a partial off, per diem system. Right. Almost. And so that when you wind up with is, okay, everybody at the end of the show, these meals were provided. Um, that one, uh, you know, the person who's gluten-free, uh, they didn't have a gluten-free option, so they had to go out and grab something on their own. So I'm going to leave that person's checked for that one, you know, and then what you wind up with is a per diem rate that legitimately reflects what mm. was provided, what wasn't provided, and covers the things that weren't provided. And so then you go to your text at the end and say, here's what you can charge for per diem, because that doesn't change on a per position basis, right? It's not different for the A1 or the A2 or something like that. It's going to be a stock number for everybody with maybe, again, a possible couple of exceptions because uh, I couldn't eat that because I'm lactose intolerant and everything had cream on it, you know, something something along those lines. Um, You know, okay, great. Just let me know when that happens and we'll make sure that that gets checked. And so here's what everybody gets to charge for for per diem that's going to be real, real and at least as fair as it was, you know, when you're just getting the whole amount and maybe that would cover your dinner and maybe it wouldn't, but it's still based on the government, you know, numbers uh, yes. that come down, which aren't, you know, aren't, aren't pulled out of nowhere. Um, and uh, so that's another interesting way of, of doing it, which again, just requires a little bit more thought, a little bit more give and take, a little bit more nuanced understanding, but is very transparent. Then you go, you know, then the, you're going to the client and saying, Hey, here's the meals you provided. Here's what's left over for per diem. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking of the last show that I was on. They were great. They provided every single meal, including breakfast before we got there, dinner after the call. You know, awesome. after the call was done. You know, that really did great. But then the last day, for whatever reason, uh, on strike day, they didn't order anything, and so you know, we would have had to then go to you know, our texts and say, well, you can charge a day of per diem. You know what I mean? <laughs> if we were doing it that way, you yeah. know, we would uncheck all of those meals and then what would be left was that final day. And so then you'd wind up with a day of per diem and then you'd have to decide what you want to do for travel days and things like that. So that's a very intriguing wow. model as well. It's it's a little bit not the easy button. It requires a little <laughs> bit of thought, but it is very transparent for all parties involved. The company that's paying the freelancers, the company that's hiring the company, you know, all of the people have clear transparency into what's being paid out for per diem. That's really interesting. What's, what's funny too is like uh, just a random aside with this too is that like you know, like culturally, like within my company, like, my, you know, I grew up, my dad was always buying meals every single time we would go out. That was like our way of celebrating and our way of like mm-hmm. rewarding us, you know, as a, as a family in a lot of ways. Many a time I've offered to split a check and you would not <laughs> let me. That's true. That's true. I was going to say, Brent uh, has uh, experienced it firsthand. Yep. And it's funny that like, there's been times where like, I'm even paying per diem and I then also buy the meal, like right. in a lot of ways. And so like, don't even get me started with the complexity of that all too. That like, you know, like, oh, what does that look like? And all these things like that. And, you know, at, I think sometimes when we were trying to like nickel and dime in a lot of ways as a company to save as much money as possible, you know, we would be like, oh, we bought the whole meal like that. You're not getting per diem these days or whatever it is. But you just realize like, again, the whole idea is the comfort side of things. I think the system of like the, the transparency is really good. I think the issue becomes like when it's not exactly transparent and straightforward that people just, they overcomplicate it in a lot of ways. And when I say over, uh, people do, I'm mainly talking internally. Like, you know, for a lot of people, again, like if you make this, uh, the, I'll use the analogy of sales commission structures, right? If you've ever worked a sales commission structure job or anything like that, or designed a sales commission structure, they say like, you got to make it as straightforward as possible that they see what action happens that then gets them paid. But like a lot of times as a company, we want to add all these caveats and this and that and things like that to save as much money as possible. 
but then you realize if it's so complicated to figure out, people are just going to get pissed and not do what you want them to do because they're going to spend more time figuring out how that plan works or the commission structure works than just doing their job that they need to do then at that point too. Um, I don't. I think yours as, as a spreadsheet would help a ton and that's why we always recommend like when you're building sales commission structures for companies like put them on a spreadsheet so someone can see. I can plug my numbers in see like if I sell a million dollars this quarter, how much commission am I getting? You know, and all these things like that. But if it's always a guess, you know. <laughs> it's always no a balance like between that. easy button and, you know, making things complicated for reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, often very legitimate reasons, you know. Totally. Same same kind of thing when I was trying to figure out my pricing structure, you know, as a freelancer, I had like different rates for different positions and at some point I lopped off the top and the bottom and said, "Here's my rate." You know, like it doesn't matter what you're hiring me for, I have one rate. And nice. it, you know, whether it's an you know, running graphics or it's as a show caller, it's all one rate. And yes, maybe I wouldn't make as much as I would have on those higher end tickets. And, nice. and maybe I made more than I would have on those lower end tickets. You know, that's why it's kind of an average. And, cool. you know, you just try and figure something out. For me, that was way easier than even me trying to remember, wait, what was yeah. the rate that I charged for this versus <laughs> that? And like having to go look it up, like what's my own rate sheet? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, easy button versus versus transparency. There's lots of, there's no right or wrong way to do this. And cool. that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have the discussion about it is just because there are so many nuanced angles when you look at something like this. True. Very true. Um, do you got any more tips or general thoughts around it before I drop a potential tech tip uh, tool oh. option for everybody? No, let's hear the tech tip. So um, I'm sure someone's ears perked up when they've said, how did you basically give $65 a day credit cards to Aha. a bunch of people, right? And yeah. for, for a lot of people, I think the reason why we don't do this is that we're working with freelancers where we you know the time, like the ability to like go to Chase, get the Ink Business credit card, cope, put, it, put a limit, all that, such a pain in the butt. So what I really like is there's a lot of really great financial systems for businesses coming out that are kind of advanced. Um, the two major players in this space is Brex, um, and the one that we use that I'm totally forgetting the name of off the top of my head. Um, I'm gonna Google. Oh, I'm gonna no. Google it real quick while I uh, while I re- oh there while we go. Okay. Ramp is the name of the other company. So I, I appreciate you almost buying me some time there. So Brex and Ramp are the two are the two uh, great companies that do this. And what's cool about them is they they structure them that you can issue out corporate credit cards with a lot like you can do digital ones where literally there's no physical card you can issue a physical card they ship it out you can put certain day limits you can put uh, monthly limits yearly limits on them you can do a lot of different stuff Um, we do this also to to give people you know a separate credit card for all their software expenses, separate from, hey, maybe their travel expenses and things like that as well. Um, they don't tend to have as many rewards as like some of these like amazing like Amex Platinum, Amex Gold kind of cards, but they give you some really great technology control that really allows you to do some great things. So for us, it was really nice that we could give people physical credit cards they could use to spend this stuff um, and make it so it was less about like the reimbursement because I definitely, I've ran payroll enough times to hate doing reimbursements because you got to make sure you get it in before the pay period ends. You got to make sure you get all the receipts, all these things like that. But what's nice about Ramp is they swipe their card. It says, hey, you have a transaction, take a picture of it um, and text it right to there and you get the receipt and everything like that on there too. So I've been a big fan of Ramp um, for, for that sort of stuff, for employee reimbursements and per diems. Are you able to get the cards with generic like company name or something like that on oh, it or does uh, it have uh, to have the person's name on it oh that's such a so you could reuse it for well that's that's people. where my mind went is yeah like, get 15 cards yeah that have 65 dollar a day limits on them at the beginning of the show you that's hand smart. them all out to everybody 
and at the end of the show, you collect them. And if you lose one, you just cancel the card. Yeah, you know, that's like, a great that's thing. Where yeah, you can went. instantly cancel it. You know, so how I would probably tackle it, I don't think you can do generic without name, but right. you know, a lot of times when you're going like a restaurant and stuff like that, they're not like really caring whose card there is. Like they don't care that you're Bob Smith. No one checks IDs on card cards unless right. you're buying a plasma TV or something like that, right? Plasma TV, oh my God. Especially for a $65 meal. Yeah, especially for like, yeah, less than $65 meal. So um, what I would say is like you could probably order like 15 Brent Kruger cards, which is totally possible. You can do like unlimited for one person um, and call, and then name them in the system internally, like Brent Kruger one, two, three, or even rename them per show so you can remember mm. who's who's is who. But um, unfortunately, I don't think there's a way to generically do it. Um, but it definitely, you know, it definitely, I think it's possible, but... You know, I think it's great because before the, the the old days where you go to Chase, you get the ink business card, you can do a card, but then you maybe you could put a limit on it, but it takes two weeks to ship out to you. Right. Oh, it yeah. only goes to your office. Um, it's an actual credit card. So like, you know, like if it, you know, has issues, uh, all this stuff. So, but yeah, Ramp Ramp and Brex are great. I haven't actually personally used Brex, only used Ramp, but I've uh, been a huge fan of Ramp uh, for sure for, you know, issuing people cards and things like that. It saved us so much time. The, the like the don't even get me started with like booking hotels for people and it's under <laughs> your name but it's on the company credit card and then they show up and then they need a you know they don't want to get charged the hold for the two thousand dollars for the whole room for the whole week or whatever it is like oh uh, it saved so much time <laughs> we could probably do a whole other episode on travel and booking travel and oh booking gosh, hotel yeah. from from a corporate from a you know company standpoint like yeah yeah how that's all handled internally. You know, we should um, definitely do that because, yeah. like, the travel's so integrated into the events industry. Like, I can talk, like, I, this is a tease with the ramp stuff, but, yeah, I've learned so much. Like, how do you maximize points? How do you make it easier for, you know, people to check into their rooms? Yeah, I'm going to put that on the idea list. Yeah. Well, and we're 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 playing around with some of that software as well because, like, we've, we've gone from having to individually book everybody's flights, you know, for an out-of-town gig, ver- you know, versus, so us booking it versus the person booking it themselves and are now looking at a system which, which is basically a travel management system where everybody's using the same system where they're they're oh, yeah. not booking it themselves but they're the ones handling the booking if that makes any sense yeah like it's like so, a concur right. yeah yeah and then yeah, it goes that, on our yeah it goes on our credit it. card and things like that so that's amazing that that's a tease for the next episode tease. everybody that's another a good episode one. i'm excited about that do. one <laughs> well i hope we covered everything about per diem it's 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 again something that comes up often enough it's a legacy thing and yet it's not you know it's 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 nuanced conversation that that again i can see all sides of that there are legitimate uh benefits on all sides there's legitimate like hey wait a second on all sides nice. there's a little there's a legitimate like whoa why am i paying for this twice on you know on many sides Definitely. um and it's uh, i think as long as we continue to you know, keep the conversation going and keep it open and keep it transparent, you know, and in the end, everybody's going to be happy. I got one last thing I want to end on. I think this is just a cool, fun way to end this episode. Can you talk a little bit about like, what's your daily like food schedule like when you are on show site just really quickly? So um, to give you an idea, I'll just go first since I I guess I came with this random idea. Um, So like for me, I like getting like a chai latte in the morning. Like that's a, like if I, there's a, if there's a Starbucks in the hotel, I'm going down and getting there. I usually have to have breakfast. So I like a breakfast sandwich or, you know, if the, if the client's providing a meal, I do the eggs and all that fun stuff. I'm not one of those people who can skip breakfast at all. Um, and then lunch, I love trying to go off site to try to find like the best local restaurant as close as possible. So if I can find a dope restaurant, I'll, hey team, we're all going to go. And you know, that's when Will swipes the company credit card and just buys everybody lunch. Um, and then like same, then usually dinner is like, I, I'm a fan of like, 
I don't want to do it immediately after the show. Like I want to go back to my room to get all my stuff unloaded and then let's go find the best place to eat and like just go as a team as like a team building thing. Um, and I'm not, I don't ever drink real. I don't drink anymore, but like I was never really a big drinker when I was traveling or anything like that. So I was not like the, Hey, let's go get a nightcap at the end of the night. Unless Brant was, and I were hanging out and then we'd go hang out and I'd probably have a tea. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I thought Kinda that would a be scotch. a really would have a tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, what was uh, your like your more your routine for for how you would uh, do your food and drinks? Yeah, and all of the previous discussion aside, like like ignoring you know, if I just was up to myself, you know, yeah. like let's say I'm actually nothing's being provided by the client and I'm just on my own per diem or whatever. I'm not a big breakfast guy, so I like to have the cup of coffee in the room while I'm getting ready in the morning. Nice. That's usually enough to get me downstairs to the coffee that's you know at the you know at the room. You know, we you know we usually try to do a beverage station for. Our cruise, yeah, uh, beverage stations for the duration. are dope. So get me down to that beverage station. If there isn't a beverage station for some reason, then yeah, I got to stop off at Starbucks and get a, you know, tall cafe americano. Um, I'm more of an espresso guy. I don't have to eat breakfast, but yes, if it's provided, uh, then I'll have the bacon and eggs uh, just because. Nice. Um, I'm not so not a big breakfast guy, smallish lunch guy, bigger dinner guy. Nice. Um, and then I do like. If time allows, if it's not stupid late and I don't have to get up stupid o'clock in the yeah, morning, I like true. to go for that one nightcap drink. Yeah. Um, whether you know, like have a nice, nice scotch or something like that. Um, okay. Almost always on my own dime, you know. Unless again, there's you know, maybe per diem would cover it, maybe it wouldn't. Um, nice. But you know, the idea of per diem is not to cover my scotch drinking. You know, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Not, totally. That's not the point of the per diem, which is again, you know, what the whole discussion has been yep. about this. So you know, it's it's more, you know, either way, that's going to probably be on my dime. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of my thing. And then yeah, we try to do a crew meal. Uh, you know, on a, you know, week long show, we try to do one crew meal where we all go out. Yeah. And, and have some some decent food and camaraderie and all that kind of stuff. I'll say for anybody who's not in like the event tech world or anything like that and is not like doing – knows what like a crew meal is like, doing one of those every show is incredible. So like if you're a planner listening to this right now, consider offering to take everybody out to dinner and bring everybody together because you'll get to learn so much about the company and build so much trust with them. Um, I'm the guy who like overbears it. And I, I think Brant knows this. I'll be like every night's team night dinner. Cause I want to bring everybody together, you know? Uh, but like, I've learned yeah. to like, just be like, there's some people who are just like, I don't want to eat. I yeah. just want to go back to my room and watch my Netflix or I'm just so tired. I just want to go to bed um, on there too. So I think that's one thing just to be aware of that if you're a new manager out there and you're doing crew meals is just be prepared for people to be, want to be left alone. Um, you know, multiple nights, but everyone loves a crew dinner at least once a, once a show. I've noticed the f the first fifteen years of my career, I was a let's go out every night, you know, <laughs> yeah. guy. And now, as I'm in the the latter the latter few years of my career, it's more like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna go to bed. <laughs> That's a perfect time because I've been noticing that me personally too. When I've yeah. been traveling is like I used to be like a, let's go out every night, and then like usually that last night, I'm like oh, I'm just yeah. gonna so tired. I so but one off. good yeah one good let's go out and have a good meal, and you know maybe even there's an after party after that. Those <laughs> things start to dwindle. I'm good sure. for one of those. Uh, per show. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, th this has been like an awesome episode, right? I think we yeah. <laughs> we, talk, we joked us out. Is this really enough for like one Could episode? Could we actually we, talk we about up, this? Filled <laughs> up a 45-minute episode all about this. So cool. um, thanks everybody for, for listening. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are if we missed yes, anything. Yes, please. I uh, really would on this one. Like th this is a nuanced discussion. So please so good. do let us know. Reach out very 
by all of the various means will. <laughs> yeah, so the email us eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Or if you want to come join Event Profs community, we love starting forum conversations about this and hearing everybody's side about it if you're more of like a join the conversation kind of person. So we appreciate you all for, uh, for listening. Brant, it's always a pleasure. I love getting to talk to you, man. Um, and yeah, uh, should, we, should we send them all off? I think we've done it. We've, I think, God, God, great Scott, I think we've done it. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a great day. Event Tech out. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this week's episode of Event Tech Podcast. Uh, I'm joined by the bustling Brant Kruger of Event. No, gonna restart this <laughs> again. I totally failed. Start again, start again. Also, I didn't put the title on this recording, so give me that. Let me do that real quick.